What is up, everybody? My name is Cameron King. This is the Three Questions Podcast with CK Collective, which is my marketing and strategy consultancy agency. Originally, I started that just to focus on marketing and advertising when I was freelancing during and after COVID. Now it's turned into a uh, strategy consultancy also for entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, executives, C-suite level people, anybody building and crafting their business or thinking about getting into it and looking to hone in and sort of accentuate their personal and professional lives. This three questions podcast is really a subset of CK Collective, which is my overall, you know, multi-pronged approach to do a couple different things entrepreneurial wise, and it is turning out to be a hit so far. So thank you for listening. This is episode three. Again, you can submit questions either via email to threequestionspodcast at gmail.com or go on to ckcollective.co and you can find the link for three questions podcast at the very bottom in the footer. Um, or you can just text me WhatsApp. Most of my clients right now are coming from family and or current clients. As you know, the three questions podcast, I try to keep each question to about five minutes a piece. Okay, I tend not to go over. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. That's fine. Uh, most of the time we're spot on. I try not to do too much promotional stuff as well. If you do want to advertise, maybe I'll figure that out around you know episode 15 or so. But right now, I just kind of want to get a bunch of content out. Again, these will go on YouTube as well. So if you want to watch these, that's fine there. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify too. Uh, fun fact, I also found out that Andy Richter from Conan O'Brien, Team Coco, he has a podcast called The Three Questions Podcast. I've not listened to it, but uh, feedback is, uh, is much obliged on that end. Anyways, today I want to get right into the questions. I have one of my current clients, Austin from Colorado who submitted three questions. And these questions came directly from a coaching session that we had uh, just last week. And we sort of talked about these things. And he sent me these three questions that, hey, I would like you to discuss this more at length on the podcast. So let's get into it. I'll do all the promo stuff uh, at the end, but I want to keep these to 15 or 20 minutes max. So first question, timer starts now. The first question is, what is dopamine and how does it affect your mood slash motivation? Okay. Excellent question. Here is what I know. I listened to the Huberman Lab podcast hosted by Andrew Huberman, who is a Stanford professor of uh, neuroscience, and he dives into so much of this stuff. It is incredible. I will not even come close to knowledge that he has, but this is what I know from a very, very basic perspective. Okay. Dopamine. Dopamine is everywhere in today's society. Our ancestors used to not get dopamine unless they were getting it from sex or from, you know, fighting a battle and surviving or from adrenaline type activities, right? Or eating really good food. Uh, drinking can cause dopamine. Also, certain chocolates and cheeses can cause dopamine. But dopamine is essentially known as the molecule of more, okay? And dopamine, how it works in our brain, it wants. The only thing that dopamine wants is more dopamine, okay? So if you are watching porn, you want to watch more porn. Or if you are having sex, you want to have more sex. Or if you're having cheese or chocolate or wine or some sort of alcohol, dopamine tends to be a very addictive chemical, okay? So when we get things in our diet, i.e. sugar from just about everywhere, because really processed sugar will sort of give your brain a dopamine hit. Because back when we were cavemen, 
we really only got that every once in a while every once in a while right maybe nectar from somewhere or wine from somewhere and our brain would light up okay same the same thing happens when you do illicit drugs such as cocaine certain parts of your brain will light up and go oh my god this is amazing okay and when your brain does that what does it want more of it wants more of that thing okay so dopamine can be very very addictive where my conversation with austin went the other day in our coaching session was that dopamine has this very innate ability to affect our homeostasis. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what he wanted me to sort of get into in this question in particular. Dopamine will affect your homeostasis because all of those Instagram hits that you get right from checking Instagram 150 times a day, you they have happiness engineers at these big tech companies because they know that red is sort of the color of dopamine. There's a very fascinating reason why every single fast food restaurant, Wendy's, Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Burger King, everybody tends to KFC. They all have red in their logos because red is the color of dopamine. Okay, It's also the color of like anger and passion. Yes, but it's also an innate precursor to the buildup of dopamine in our brains. And when we see that or when we experience that and when we smell that thing, we know we're about to get a hit of dopamine, right? It's the same way when you open Instagram or Facebook. And the only reason why Facebook is blue is because Mark Zuckerberg is also colorblind. If you didn't know that fun fact, that is true. Check it out. But dopamine begets more dopamine. It only wants more dopamine. So when you see that red notification, bam, okay, you get a hit of dopamine. Then you close Instagram for three minutes. Then you're waiting in line somewhere. Then you open it again, right? And you want to see those likes pile up. You want to see those messages come in. Dopamine will affect your homeostasis in this way, okay? So if you are checking Instagram all damn day and you're eating a bunch of sugar and you're getting alcohol and you're eating a bunch of chocolate throughout the day, whatever, you are spiking your dopamine levels, say your homeostasis, say your homeostasis is at zero, when you spike your dopamine levels, you can go up to infinity pretty much, okay? But if you go up to infinity, say we go up to two plus 200 on the dopamine scale from zero, we're homeostasis in. Your body has a natural tendency to balance itself out, right? That's what homeostasis is. So if homeostasis is at zero and you're at plus 200 for the day on dopamine because you've just been wilding out all damn day, your body will innately at some point put you back to negative 200 in order to offset that massive intake of dopamine, okay? And what happens when we're at negative 50, negative 100, negative 150, negative 200, that is so uncomfortable for most people that they will fight and do almost anything to get back to that plus 200 dopamine level where they feel good, okay? And where this happens, that negative aspect of our body needing to balance itself out, our body will experience that as stress and anxiety and depression and fatigue. And most people can't sit with that. So we tend to just fight and fight and fight and fight to try to stay in that positive aspects of dopamine. I'm at five minutes for this question, but the last thing I need you to know is do not fight those feelings of being by yourself of feeling depression, of just not feeling happy. Do not mistake those as feeling anxiety and depression. That is just your body's natural way in order to offset the massive intake of dopamine that you gave it earlier, okay? If you want to know more, you can ask me a more specific question, but I need to jump to the next one because that is my promise. Uh, Austin's second question, what is the difference between dopamine and endorphins, okay? 
what is the primary difference of dopamine and endorphins? Austin, you're getting at the mood aspect here, which is something that we also talked about. And I want to make this very clear. Okay. Dopamine is a molecule of more. Dopamine wants more dopamine, no matter how we get it. Okay. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that exists in the body. Okay. As well as epinephrine and norepinephrine and a couple of other things which means that it can be transferred and processed throughout your entire body. But dopamine wants more dopamine. It gets released from a certain place. I'm pretty sure the pituitary gland and somewhere else. I'm going to have to double check on that, but feel free to correct me if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. But dopamine is a neurotransmitter and so are endorphins, okay? But the difference between a neurotransmitter and the molecule of more, i.e. dopamine, and endorphins, endorphins have to be produced by the body and they have a, a limit to how many can be produced, okay? But unlike dopamine, endorphins will only go on the plus scale, okay? Your baseline of endorphins is always zero. It can never go into the negative if we're looking at it from that perspective, okay? So dopamine, you can go plus 200, negative 200. You're gonna feel depression and anxiety when you're in the negatives, totally fine. That's actually natural. Understand that's part of the process of coming back to baseline, which is why you should do dopamine fasting. Okay. But endorphins, okay. There are only two natural ways to produce endorphins from the research that I have come across. Okay. Reading books like anatomy of the spirit and advanced energy anatomy by Carolyn Mace. Okay. And watching a ton of Huberman lab stuff, as well as, you know, Jocko Willink and, and everybody. Uh, I think Joe Rogan also talks about this a number of times. Here's what I know about endorphins or what I think I know right now. There are only two ways that I have come across that endorphins can be naturally produced. One is exercise. Shocker. Everybody knows that. When you go to the gym, you feel really good, okay? Say you're tired, so you feel shitty. If you go to the gym for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour, two hours, like me, I'm a psycho, okay? I will always feel better. 11 times out of 10 when I walk out of the gym. So do you. So does everybody. Okay. You never feel worse after you go to the gym. And that is 110% entirely on endorphins. Okay. You do not get endorphins from drinking high energy or high caffeine drinks. Okay. You do not get um, endorphins. Mm, hold on. I'm, I'm going to jump here and add a 0.5. You do get endorphins from accomplishing a goal. Okay. So when you set a goal out for yourself, right, whether it's to, you know, save X number of dollars or to accomplish this thing at work, get a, a promotion or ask this girl out on a date, when you do these things and you accomplish those things, you do get a boost of endorphins, okay? But I want you to understand that the difference of getting endorphins versus getting dopamine is that after you accomplish the goal, that is when endorphins come in. When you are working yourself towards the goal, right, maybe getting up the courage, you get a hit of dopamine. Maybe walking up to that girl, you get a hit of dopamine. Maybe talking to that girl, you get another hit of dopamine. Dopamine is the molecule of more, but you do not get a hit of dopamine after you successfully accomplish that task, okay? You do get a hit of endorphins. The endorphins that you get from exercise far greater than you do from accomplishing uh, a goal, at least the immediate benefit is. Now, the last part of getting endorphins, right? One way that you may not have expected is by slowing things down. Meditation will actually bring you a more natural uh, sustained level of endorphins. This is from some of the research that I've come across, and I don't think this is hooey, 
but pretty much exercise, accomplishing a goal, or meditation are the three best ways to accomplish endorphins. And I want you to understand that dopamine is probably the the fuel of you doing these tasks, right? Because it'll it'll get you more and more and more. And that is one way to use it. You can actually supplement with dopamine um, by taking pills. There is that way, or you can just experience those little highs in between. But understand, dopamine is a molecule of peaks and valleys, right? Whereas endorphins are just sort of these peak experiences that you will get, okay? I'm out of time for this question. That is as simple as I can make it. Again, I'm not the smartest guy on the subject. I would encourage you to dive into this more. Uh, Third question, I want to jump in. What are the long-lasting effects of using both for productivity? Okay, this is just what we were talking about here. And I want to make this very clear, okay? Endorphins will help you on the way to the goal. Okay, let's break down any goal. We just broke down, you know, asking a, a, a female out at a bar. But let's break down accomplishing a, a really tough goal, such as starting a business. Okay, dopamine, you can set certain checkpoints for yourself. Okay, maybe doing your research, creating a name, creating a logo, creating a website, finding a brand, um, you know, creating the website um, and having somebody contact you, you can have all of these mini checkpoints along the way, okay, getting your first client, sending your first invoice, getting paid for the first time, finding an office, you know, hiring your first people, buying equipment, whatever these things are, all of these little checkpoints will innately give you dopamine along the way, but that dopamine will not be sustained for a long time. You're going to get a hit of it after you accomplish that little thing. And it tends to be more regulated when you plan your goals out. Okay, so in terms of using dopamine for productivity, when you take a large or massive goal and you can break it down into these checkpoints along the way that will ultimately get you to your big goal, that big goal will give you a bigger release of endorphins. But all of those little peaks and valleys along the way will be hits of dopamine. Okay, so understand that when whatever goal you're facing, whatever you're thinking about, break down your thing into a bigger scale. Okay. Find steps one through 10, but understand that 10 is the big endorphin rush that you're going to get from finally accomplishing that thing. And yes, that will feel sustained. That will feel great. Okay. But all the little things in between, you have got to figure out how to leverage dopamine to your favor. Okay. And the best way to leverage dopamine to your favor is to actually abstain from it. Okay. Think about our ancestors thousands of years ago. They were not getting anywhere near the amount of dopamine that we get in their lifetimes that we get on a single daily basis. There was some stat on Joe Rogan where he talked about this and we get more dopamine in a day than our ancestors did their entire lives. That is fucking wild. We have not literally evolved to the point where we can handle as much dopamine as we're getting. And it's quite frankly, it is ruining our society. Okay. The amount of dopamine that we get, I don't have actual figures and measurements, but I, you know this, everyone knows this. It is way too much that we get from Instagram, that we get from social media, that we get from being able to purchase anything that we want on Amazon.com. We get so much dopamine, okay, from caffeine, from having sex, from chocolate, from cheese, from whatever. We get it left and right. It is abundant in our society, okay? Just look at all the sugar that's in pretty much everything that we eat. So the best way to actually leverage dopamine for you to be productive is to take your foot off the gas, take a break from social media, take a break from processed sugar, chocolate, cheese, alcohol, wine, sex, porn, masturbation, 
I am a huge fan of taking a break from your vices because what this does is it naturally resets your dopamine uh, tolerance level. Okay. And if you want to know more about that, I would encourage you to do that. I don't have enough time in five minutes to completely envelope you in what is called a dopamine tolerance level, but most of ours are completely jacked through the roof. Okay. The amount of dopamine that we get on a daily basis, more than our ancestors got their entire lives. So the more that you can take the, the pedal off the, the metal, so to speak, right. And just sort of sit with yourself and let yourself rest for a week, right? Maybe abstain from sex, porn, masturbation, cheese, wine, alcohol, whatever it is. Abstain from these things for some time, okay? Until you feel yourself becoming more calm. Because what it does when we rile up our nervous system, we put ourselves in a constant state of stress. So when our dopamine tolerance levels are super high, our nervous system is, is always outputting epinephrine, right? Or adrenaline. And when adrenaline goes up, so does cortisol. And when cortisol goes up, it becomes harder to sleep. We become more irritable. And that is a, a non-renewable resource, which means that it's going to take your time, your body more time, more downtime in order to recover. Okay. So your dopamine tolerance level really, really affects just about everything that you do. And I would encourage you to take a look at all the ways you may be getting dopamine in your life and to try to lower that tolerance level down so that then you can use dopamine as a more productive tool for yourself. Okay. I am officially at 15 minutes. This is the three questions podcast. This is episode three. I appreciate you guys listening. Please review as always. Please continue to send in more questions. Okay. Eventually I would love to get more people on this and have them answer three questions podcast. I'll hit them with random questions for now. If you're listening for the first time or you're a current client, there are two ways you can work with me. One, I do strategy sessions, personal and business, whatever you want to work on. You can book those directly on the homepage of ckcollective.co. I have my 2023 pricing up there. Um, and then also I have a CMO for hire type product. What, what does that mean? That means if you are a small business owner or you are someone who is looking to start a business, you can book unlimited 30-minute meetings with me and we can work on one thing at a time to advance your marketing, your advertising, your sales, your presence, your negotiations, your contracts, your prices, your people, your word, your message, whatever you want to work on, we will work on that one thing for that meeting and we will do that for the lifespan of your business or mine. Per your availability in mine, I also do uh, WhatsApp coaching and texting included in both of those products. So please think about working with me. If you have any other questions, you can reach me on WhatsApp or you can send me an email, threequestionspodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate appreciate you guys as always. My name is Cameron King and I will see you in episode four.